1: cinema sins has a fan club it's called the sin club and members get all sorts of things like early episodes bonus videos merch discounts and even monthly bonus podcasts membership starts at three dollars a month and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash cinema
2: actually no i think we're good and he went you and me are gonna get along just fine." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> eh.
1: Welcome to Sincast presented by Cinema All right everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema joined by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello and today we have a very special guest it is writer director george gallo who has a movie called vanquish coming out in theaters april 16th it's on digital and demand on april 20th and it's on blu-ray dvd on april 27th george welcome thank you for having me fantastic yeah absolutely um uh so you wrote vanquish with samuel bartlett yes uh, yes um uh, i was just wondering what the what the inspiration for the story was uh you would have to ask Sam. I don't have a
2: clue. You know, he, he, he wrote the first draft and, and uh, he was very gracious. He gave it to me. He said, what do you think? I said, I, I can I could absolutely destroy this for you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I read it and it was pretty much the same premise, you know. But then uh, I called Morgan Freeman, who's a friend of mine. I've done two other movies with him. So I said, hey, Morgan, I said, in the movie, it's a cop that's still a cop, but you want to maybe we'll make him a retired police commissioner. And he said, great. Mm-hmm. So then we started working on the script. You know, Morgan and I talked back and forth and then Ruby came on board. Her character was a little different in the first draft. She's maybe more of a victim, mm-hmm. you know, and we made her more of a victim slash perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so anyway, they kind of evolved into into the movie that it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um- i was uh I, you you mentioned this was your third collaboration with morgan freeman tell us the legend of morgan freeman
2: the legend of morgan freeman uh well to be honest he, he he's become a very good friend in the last i'd say four or five years But you know uh uh like the last three movies i've done he he, he we've mm-hmm. done together Uh, we we became buddies right away I can tell you uh, my first experience uh, of working with him you know I met him only a few days before we started shooting the first movie that I did with him and you know I you know in spite of I don't know how other filmmakers uh, deal with stuff but you know I always get jitters and butterflies you know before I start and you never know what's going to go wrong and you know you walk into every movie with the best of intentions but stuff just always ends up happening and and sometimes it it goes in your favor and sometimes it doesn't, you know? So anyway, I was, you know, I remember waking up early that morning, like four in the morning and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and I'm like, how the hell do I direct Morgan Freeman? This guy's like this legend, you know, who am I to tell Morgan Freeman where to stand and what to say, you know, and, and how to say it. But anyway, I got to the set and I remember he was my first shot of the entire movie. And uh, he, he walked in and there's Morgan Freeman and he's in wardrobe and I'm like, Okay, here we go, you know? And you know, he, he, look, you know, he, if you don't know him, it could be very intimidating.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: he, he walks up to me and he goes, all right, where do you want me to stand? And I said, <laughs> well, if you don't mind, Mr. Freeman, if you could stand by the window, I'd love to get a silhouette of you and then you could turn on this line and, and say that line. He went, okay. And then he went over, I said, do you want to rehearse? He said, nope, let's do it. So I went, <laughs> okay. And then he went over to the window and I said, action. And we started shooting and then he did the line flawlessly in silhouette and then he turned and then he said the line perfectly. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and then (laughs) it was over. And I said, cut. And he said, any adjustments? And I said, actually, no, I think we're good. And he went, you and me are going to get along just (laughs) (laughs) fine." So right after that, we were like best buddies, you know? Mm. So, uh, that 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 was pretty much that's my my working with Morgan Freeman for the first time story.
4: That's yeah, you exactly. said I just I just called up Morgan Freeman and I was just thinking I'd I'd love to have that life, or I could just call up Morgan Freeman when I needed something.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, um, it wasn't always like this, you know. This I'm sixty five years old. This is after a lot of years of doing this stuff and getting doors slammed in my face, and you know, you get some good reviews and then you read how. You know, uh, when is this guy going to die? You know, you mean you know, all of oh, you know, and and anyway, so, you know, one of the perks is I get to call Morgan Freeman up. You know, so. <laughs>
4: absolutely
1: um can you kind of give us uh i guess uh i don't know a, a synopsis of this movie what is this movie about um uh i, I don't want to like give away too much so so you tell us uh, tell us what oh, you what this movie i'm the about.
2: worst at this i mean <laughs> i'll do my i'll do my best it, it's uh look these movies have been done to death you know i mean mm-hmm. th- there's no doubt about it and and uh it's definitely a, a classic you know uh, action uh, you know, woman, uh, woman has a daughter, daughter gets kidnapped. Uh, and then the woman has to uh, do a series of errands, you know, in order to let's get you know, errands, you know, picking up money, shooting up bad guys in order to, to 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 get her daughter back safely by the end of the night. So, I mean, these types of things have been done many, many times. But but I, I think what we tried to do was make it look and feel different. I mean, we were very, very cognizant there because I watched I love movies. So I've seen all of these movies. And I love Korean gangster movies, you know, and they're they're done with so much pizzazz and and Mm -hmm. heart, you know, and I just love those movies. And I'm like, you know, when I watch those movies, they don't seem stale to me. You know, so I kept thinking, well, let's try to find a different way in. Let's make it look different. Let's find different color palettes. Let's just try to keep it as surprising as we can. So that when it's all over, you don't feel like, okay, that's the millionth time I've seen that movie. You know what I mean? So, I, I, so we try to really, really make everything count, make it different. You know, uh, I think the fact that Morgan Freeman is in it certainly helps it a great deal because he has such resonance and such gravitas as an actor. You know, And he's not really the person you would think to be in a movie like this. But when, when I called him, I said, look, I just want to have a ton of fun and do some wild chases. And, you know, uh, you know, you'd be in a wheelchair and he was like, Oh, that <laughs> sounds good. You know, I said, I said, I said yes. Yeah, so this, this woman becomes like your mobility for the evening and you're like, it's sort of this voyeuristic thing between you and her and, you know, and you don't completely trust her because, but at the same exact time, you, you need each other to complete the task. So it creates a bond during the night. And, uh, he was, he was into it. And, and, uh, so I mean, yeah, I think the movie is, and you know, you guys have seen it, right? So I mean, I think yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of fun, you know, and they yep. they they've got great chemistry, the two of
4: them. Oh yeah, they're 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 great together, and Freeman's also playing. You were talking about keeping things different. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe he has played darker characters, but this still felt like a much different type of Morgan Freeman character, which was very cool because.
2: Yeah, I, I'm glad you know because I thought some people might think that. uh you know i was trying to do the classic you get a great actor for one day and you shoot him out and then you do everything else around them you know like a you know, like morgan freeman's on an elevator you know and you, <laughs> you shoot the, you shoot all of his scenes in half a day because this wasn't that you know yeah, yeah we 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 really tried to you know i love the idea that he's like god you know he's like the voice you know in her headset through the whole movie and uh anyway we we had a lot of fun i mean those two morgan and ruby got along great you know they were buddies after a couple of minutes so it was nice to watch
4: that's awesome i'll
2: tell you one other thing what's great about the two of them is like you know for an actor if you're a young actor and you're working with morgan freeman he's going to intimidate you so like and but they both really brought it you know like ruby really she brought everything she brought the best that she had and And she gave it right back to him. And he was like, ooh, I like this.
4: Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say, Ruby would intimidate me, I think, more than Morgan Freeman. mm -hmm. That's very funny. That's very,
2: very (laughs) funny. You know, I I, I know what you mean. Like, because I, 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 you know, when you, before you meet these people, you think you know some part of them because you watch their work. Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect from Ruby, you know, so, and then, uh, but when I met her, she was just, like a really nice woman you know, <laughs> yeah, really that's awesome. friendly and sweet how do i make this better and tell me what you want george and and uh and because like i say morgan and i have done other films together there was a real familiarity between he and i so like well you know he's a cut up by nature morgan and and i am too like i i have a hard time taking stuff too seriously yeah i always try to remind myself that my dad had a real job
3: you know (laughs) yeah
2: my dad was a laborer and so was my mom and here i am i'm getting to make movies you know and (laughs) so i try to keep all of that perspective when things go wrong you know my parents are both gone but i can just imagine saying to my dad i had a bad day and he goes you had a bad day mm-hmm. you and your movie stars really <laughs> yeah, he, where's my violin kid yeah because you know. yeah, yeah. i mean
4: you've been you've been pretty consistently making writing or directing it seems since what mid 80s i guess early yeah
2: 80s? yeah yeah since uh yeah i i uh i listen i've been you know i've been pretty blessed i i uh I, I came out to California in '83 with a couple of spec scripts under my arm, and you know, I mean, like me and 20 million other people that year, you know. And I, I, I just got lucky, you know. It, it's, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I was pretty persistent. You know but i i i just wanted to do it i love i love movies I, mm-hmm. I i you know when i tell people this uh, somebody like they think i'm kidding i didn't really do this because i wanted to see my name up in lights like i don't really care about that just the idea that you could make a film you know and, and entertain people and make people laugh or scare the hell out of them or whatever you're trying to do it, it's just it's just a thrill and you know, and every time you make a film, hopefully you're getting better because you, you know, I learn something on every movie I make, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it, it's always new and fresh, you
1: know. What was that like, by the way? Your first uh, screenplay was Wise Guys, um, yes. Uh, and and Brian De Palma <laughs> yeah. wants to direct it. I mean, what? That was crazy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and a comedy, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was... I'm sorry uh, how, uh, No no I mean, go ahead no, no he was what Yeah I mean no, I just, just trying general to remember We're far what he, more interesting Than I am yeah, you talk I was uh,
4: trying to You were just saying Him coming in and doing comedy I was trying to remember What he was coming off of And I think it was Body heat right I mean not body heat uh, Body double right Was that Yeah, the, it was, yeah I believe it may have I think been, so I think that's which right Which was
2: hysterically funny Yeah, yeah yes yeah, it was. Exactly that's what I'm saying
4: <laughs> um, Like Scarface body double Wise guys It, it makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense
2: Yeah yeah I don't, I don't know why he did it Other than I know He's originally from New Jersey Hmm And so is Danny DeVito. And so is Joe Piscopo. So maybe it was like three guys from Jersey (laughs) wanting to go home, you know, but um, I wrote that script and uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly how it started, but I I came out to Los Angeles. I had that script with me. Um, Some agents read it and liked it. And they put me in a room with Aaron Russo, the producer. I was a kid. I was like 26, 27 years old. And uh, they said they wanted to develop it. And they said, are you going to stay or are you going to go back home to New York? And I was like, no, I'll stay if you guys are going to develop it. So they, you know, I got a little apartment in Sherman Oaks and I started doing rewrites. And then Danny DeVito got involved. And, uh, and then Brian De Palma suddenly, they said, Brian De Palma read your the last draft. He wants to direct the movie. And I'm like, Brian De Palma, really? Okay, Listen i mean i wasn't in any position to argue and i think brian did a really good job you know if you think about it he started out with comedies you know like hi mom yeah, yeah, yeah. and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. greetings i mean he definitely has a macabre sense of humor and then and the movie was about murder mm. you know it was about <laughs> two guys that get that, that so um yeah they went off and did it and uh um and then i would i suddenly i was a produced screenwriter yeah. I was like, holy, holy, cow. I can't curse, right? I was like, holy you, cow. Oh, no, yeah, you, you can, can swear all shit. you want. I can say holy shit. Yeah, yeah. man. So I was like, holy shit. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a produced screenwriter. I can't. I, so then I, I, I wrote two other scripts back to back. You talk about life changing things. I, mm. I had this really nice apartment in, in, in the valley. I wrote Bad Boys and I wrote Midnight Run back to back. That was a good wow. couple of years. I wish I could have figured out why I was so. Uh, Hot back there, you know. I mean, like, I don't know what made me think of those movies, but I wrote them back to back. I sold uh, uh, originally I sold Bad Boys as a spec script, I sold it to Paramount, and then Midnight Run, I also sold to Paramount originally. I sold the two of them back to back, and then uh, I'll tell you how Midnight Run got made if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely, one of my all time favorites. Thank you. This is why I totally believe in God because this is like this should not have happened. I had. Uh, I had the script in the car because everything back then, everything was IBM Selectrics, you know, mm-hmm. with my two fingers <laughs> typing and the whiteout, you know. Yeah. And uh, I had the script in the car and I was walking out to, the- I had a meeting at Paramount and that was back when you could get on the lot too, without a pass, you know, now it's like you got to go through sector five and sector 10 and they pat you down and they look under the car. Mm-hmm. But Back then you can just drive onto the lot, you know wander around <laughs> and uh you know i i forgot my car keys i went out to the car and i forgot the car keys i was ah shit so then i walked back to where i had my meeting. i got the keys i said i'm sorry and then i'm crossing the lot and there comes marty breast mm-hmm. and i said oh hey marty and he goes, like who are you and I said, george gallo <laughs> and he goes oh he goes i i read your i read your script uh, to bad boys he said uh i i don't want to do another cop movie just done." Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he was like the hottest director, you know, for action comedy in the world. And he goes, you got anything else? I said, yeah, I, I got this bounty hunter thing I- I'm I'm working on. And he goes, bounty hunter. <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, Is it like a Western. I said, no, there are modern day bounty h- hunters. <laughs> and they weren't like that much in the zeitgeist then, you know, and, and uh, uh, he said, well, can I read it? I said, dude, it's like a work in progress, just like writing all over it and stuff. He goes, I don't care. I'll read it. So I said, I mean, like now? And he said, yeah. And I said, all right, it's in the car. I'll go get it. So I went out to the car. I gave it to him. He went in his office and closed the door. And, you know, I'm a nervous wreck, you know, because yeah. I'm working on it. And I didn't really have an ending yet. And uh, so I went next door where Whalen Green, you know the screenwriter Whalen Green. Uh, Whalen wrote The Wild Bunch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, he wrote uh, a lot, a lot of stuff. Great guy. He really he became a mentor in a lot of ways because he would say these things, you know, uh, that I always remembered. Like one thing was I was I'm sure you've heard this before, but I hadn't heard it at the time. You know, he I walked in there and he goes, "Hey George, how are you?" I say, "Hey, you know, Whalen." And He goes. I said, "Am I interrupting you?" He goes, "No. Writers love interruptions. Any excuse not to work." <laughs> I totally understood. Yeah, <laughs> which I totally understood right away. And then uh, he goes, uh, "Is he reading? Is he reading something in yours?" I said, "Yeah, yeah. I got the script." Uh, I said, "I hope he doesn't. You know." I said, "I kind of borrowed a couple of things from other movies." He goes, "What?" He says, "I kind of borrowed a couple of things from me." He goes, wait, wait, stop. Only amateurs borrow. Professionals steal." i said oh okay well i stole a couple of ideas from other movies he said that's fine don't worry so anyway so then marty came out and he goes this is great i went oh thank you he says how does it end i says i don't know i just know he lets him go and he goes all right i want to i want to develop this he goes i love these two guys the way they're fighting all the time
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh that was midnight run that's how that happened and that was a total accident
1: that movie still holds up. Uh, I recently, uh, watched it again and, uh, and I, I'm, I, you know, you, you look at a lot of movies, especially from that era. And there's like a lot of things that don't hold up, but this one really does. I, I, I didn't see anything that really felt too, super dated about it.
2: Other than smoking on the airplane and on the bus, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, only, yeah. you know, uh, that's <laughs> the only thing smoking or non-smoking take a wild guess you know yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's really the only thing i think that uh, plus they're on pay phones yeah there were no cell phones but other than that yeah i mean i i have to tell you i I always try to be pretty cognizant of making the movie the script or the 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 directing that it it, i don't know how you describe it but something about it that doesn't feel so of that moment that it'll play sometime in the future you know i I do think about that because a lot of movies that i remembered from the 80s that i adored you know you look at them now and they're like oh jesus christ yeah
4: (laughs) oh yeah we talk about that all the time Mm -hmm. really no
2: yeah everything that seems so cutting edge in terms of directing you know (laughs) it's almost like parody now you yeah know? when you you know and you because i remember when you first saw some of those movies you're like this is the most incredibly amazing directed movie in the, And you know now like hallmark movies look like that or something you know that mm-hmm. was super you know so um anyway uh but a good story will just always hold and hopefully i, I always try to make the story as compelling as i can you know sometimes you just you know you think it's better than it really is you know but I look part of being a writer or a director is you have to be completely marinated in self-delusion why <laughs> on earth you, otherwise you'd never do it you know mm-hmm. you have to tell yourself this is going to be the greatest thing ever yeah right? of course it's not but you have to tell yourself that otherwise <laughs> why would you get out of bed to do it you know so you have to constantly convince yourself and push yourself you know
4: I don't know how far you were. I don't know how far in the development of bad boys you were, but I was curious. Cause I'd heard a, I've heard in the past that Dana Carvey and John Lovitz were originally cast in that well, movie.
2: Yeah. I could tell you all of that. Y- yeah. You know, uh, when I, I wrote the first draft and then I was never really involved in it after that. I mean, the story stayed pretty much the same. It was the two guys, the uh, the woman that witnesses the murder The whole drug heist at the beginning, which was loosely based on The French Connection. Yeah, remember when they broke into the Evans locker room? Yeah, so all of that stuff was from the original screenplay. The fact that one guy was single and one guy was married, and uh, that kind of you know jealousy—it probably is too strong a word—but extreme interest in the other person's you know social life. Um, So all of that was in the original draft. But what ended up happening was. I think it was sold to Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer and eventually they left Paramount and they went over to Disney Mm -hmm. where they had a deal and they were going to put the movie together and they asked me to come back to do a rewrite, but I was either, I don't know if I was doing 29th street or trapped in paradise. I was doing something and I couldn't do it. So they hired, I think Mulholland and Barry came on after me and, those guys are great too. They did trading places, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but they did a much sillier version of my script. Gotcha. You know. So then they 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 I, they uh, Michael Bay was then attached to direct, and they did tests with Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, but it never came to fruition. And then. Um, I remember then they came back to me again and they said uh, they want to do it with uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence that I want to take another pass at. And I was doing something else. I don't remember what I was doing. And uh, I wanted to, but I just couldn't. I was contractually doing something else. And then it became the movie that we all know. Now there's four of them
4: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of those though like i'm sure it's better though i'm sure it's better with smith and lawrence but i just i really want to see that dana carvey and john Lovitz movie kind of like that's <laughs> well that's, you know i ended up kind of doing that movie you know that's true that's true you know, yeah which uh because they were both I, entrapped in paradise right
2: yes they yeah. were yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. and um yeah that was a whole other crazy experience um because originally we were talking to robert de niro and Ray Liotta, you oh, know, wow. I, I, my my original vision of the movie was far closer to Bad Santa, <laughs> you know, which had not been made yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I wanted to do a super gritty, tough, hard R-rated language movie about three of the most despicable oh, people in the world <laughs> that end up in this Norman Rockwell painting. Mm-hmm. And I could not convince the studio that wait, you wanna say Oh my
0: god,
4: that would have been amazing.
2: You wanna <laughs> in a Christmas movie? Are you up your rocker? And I'm like, yeah, I want to say it a thousand times, that thousand right. times. I just wanna, I just wanna I can say whatever I want. Yeah. I could I want I want these three guys to just take like a big shit yeah. you know, on, on yeah. Christmas, you know? And and go kicking and screaming toward the light during the night, you mm-hmm. know? just and i couldn't convince them so finally i sat down with fox and they said look this goes one of two ways either you direct the movie the way we want the the story to go or we'll get somebody else to write and direct the movie and i was like well i'd rather fuck this up on my own <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i did my best to keep it and and it's to me it's a it's a sillier version of them i i had a much different movie in my head you know that mm-hmm. but I that's really what I wanted to do. Like I was talking at one point to John Turturro, to play the the kleptomaniac. I mean, I had a much different movie in mind. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, am I glad I made it? I am because a lot of people who uh, were children back then, I appeal to children. <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of people who were like eight and ten years old, that's like their favorite movie when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. So when people say to me, "I love that movie," I'm always very grateful that yeah. they like it but it's not the movie i had in my head you know that was yeah.
4: so, nicholas cage was the was the third person yeah, is that right Nicolas yeah cage
2: was the was the lead brother yeah yeah you know and so then that movie got made and i you know what i think it did okay it wasn't like a big hit and then after that i just kind of kicked around. i did a lot of writing after that you know and i was kind of like yeah maybe i don't like directing i think directing sucks i'll just write i'll stay home and uh, then after a few years, I missed it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. But it's very funny in Hollywood, man. You know, it's like if you're out of the loop for a couple of years, they think you forgot how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just insane. By the way, I just directed two movies. I did Twenty Nights, Trapped in Paradise. Paradise. Yeah, that's two years ago. I'm like, what do you think? I fucking forgot. I mean, yeah. like, I, you know, I don't I know want to put a camera. But anyway, I, yeah. so then I had a hard time getting back on the horse, you know, and uh, um. I mean, you guys have questions. Am I just babbling too much? No, you're great. I, you're I, doing- I, I will. I will listen to, kind kind of I'll oh, I'll oh, listen to this kind
1: of stuff. I'm listening to stuff all day. Uh, was you? You may have uh, already answered my question. I was going to ask sure. a silly question about Midnight Run because Go it's
2: ahead. yeah. I was, it, that said, I was on every day, so I could tell you anything you need to know.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it was. Um, I, it, this is a silly question because it's one of those movies that that does have the word fuck in it a lot. And I was wondering it was actually
2: a question. It was actually a question on, on a game show. What movie had more F-bombs, Scarface or Midnight Run? <laughs> I did not know the answer. It was Scarface, but Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if it was in the script or if it was just the actors just letting go. I think they
2: threw a few in there, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but a lot of it was in the script. You know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, what I, what I liked the most about writing Midnight Run, because it's happening, I don't like to fly. I don't know if you guys know, I'm a notorious flyer. Oh, I did non-flyer. not know that. Yeah, I've taken that. My wife and I, course I've dragged her into this. I, I've, she'll fly. <laughs> she'll fly. I won't fly under gunpoint. I just won't do it. I said, mm. give me a fucking bullet. I'm not getting on the plane. <laughs> but I, so I've taken the train in New York dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I've driven places, you know, so I'm very aware of road trips. And I don't care, you could be a newlywed in a car, by day three, you're ready to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any road trip, you fucking mother, I mean, you start losing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so a lot of that, to me, was the humor of Midnight Run, that like, adults, I don't care if they have PhDs, it doesn't <laughs> matter, you get reduced to it being a two-year-old, Yeah. you know? And uh, you said we were going to stop, you know, at Subway. That's what you said. You said we were going to stop. You, never, you know, you just get like, you become a child after a while. So anyway, so that to me was a lot of the humor uh, of, I drew off, of, you know, to write that movie.
1: Yeah, and it's filled with so many people who who bring all that to life, too. You know, I mean, aside from De Niro and Grodin, who are great in it, the Joey, Joey Pants, and you have... Uh, Jack! Uh, Jack!
3: Jack! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack!
2: Don't hang up, Jack! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Right. And John yeah. Ashton and all these John guys. John Ashton was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, who just left us oh Oh,
1: yeah yeah Yeah. that's right that's right
2: i'll give you a midnight run story you know this you know the scene in the coffee shop where Yafed had where they Mm -hmm. come in and he goes is this gonna upset me Mm -hmm. he he had a steak in front of him i don't know if you you ever noticed that
1: oh really
2: So, so they were cooking steaks in craft services, they kept bringing steaks out, and he cut the piece, and he would go to eat, and he never ate it. So I suddenly walked in. I said, "Is anybody eating those steaks?" There was like eight of them. I ate like three of them. They were great. I was like, "Yeah, shit." I eat the office of steaks. steaks. So. <laughs>
1: um, I uh, you you mentioned, uh, you know, dragging your wife into this and everything, and uh, yeah. and uh, she's she's a. Uh, um she's an and she's an actor in in vanquish she's also an executive producer so what is that like what is that uh dynamic like uh working uh, with you your wife
2: my wife uh, working with my wife yeah yeah as an actor or as
1: a producer uh both i mean <laughs> what's the sort of the dynamic that it you have
2: both both ways i was yeah, about to say i can't make her look bad because <laughs> if i go back be- if i go home she's next to me it's not like i can <laughs> yeah. escape it yeah so no, it really is terrific. We have a great working relationship. I mean, look, uh, yeah, we've been together 37 years. Jeez, um, congrats. Yeah, we were kids when we met, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's great about our marriage is we were kids and we were both broke. So we, we really, we came up together, you know. So that, that kind of... Uh, you know, there's a kind of uh, solidness. You know, what I mean, that you just you can't escape. You know, we we know each other at our worst, at our you know.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, but um, working with her as a producer, um, my, you know, producing. I mean, what is producing in the end? Same thing as directing or writing. It, it's all instincts. And 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 Julie has, uh, I would say, uh, uh, like an antenna for bullshit and she's really really good at picking up stuff that's not quite right you know because all writers you know we get stuck and we try to fudge our way through a scene and you know like i'm stuck here i don't know what the fuck they're gonna say here's two more lines and i'm out and she'll catch it right away and so that she's very very talented that way And, and she's she's seen a lot of movies, not as many as me. I've seen more movies than Leonard Malton, but uh, she she has a, she has a good vocabulary of cinema. Yeah. And uh, so that part's all good. And, and, uh, and acting, she likes, she loves acting and she's actually a terrific actress. And I'm not just saying that Mm because she's like 10 feet away and holding a machete, but no, she really is. But, (laughs) You know, we both have, we, we, we have, I think what kept us together all the, I'm going to, I'm chewing Nicorette gum. Go for it. What, (laughs) what I think kept us together all these years is that besides that we really love each other, we weren't like mentally ill enough to be hugely successful. We were just like (laughs) always like successful. Right. You know, like, I think you have to really be stark raving insane to have superstardom. You have to throw children under buses you know, set fire to churches, you don't care. It's all about you. And I don't have that. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have that, you know, like life is more important than movies. I love movies. They're one of the great things about life for me. But it's not life itself. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm blessed that I get to make them. But it's, you know, know, because I've met some of the most powerful film directors in the world right and they're just miserable people mm. some of them yeah. not all of them but i met guys that are like i'm like what are you miserable about you like you're, <laughs> you're a billionaire and you make well you know you make these movies and they're just like oh my movie didn't open. It came in second. I'm like, yeah. It only opened to sixty three million. Where's my rope? I'm gonna hang myself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm just not that guy. You
1: know. <laughs> what is the? uh you, you know, you've you've been in this business now for you know thirty something plus years. Yeah,
2: dinosaurs were ruling the earth when I, yeah. when I first started out. Yes. <laughs>
1: um. What, what's the? What is there any major difference between how movies are made now from when they were made in the eighties. What's the big difference?
2: I mean, the way they were made Hollywood itself has changed a great deal. When, when I first arrived in, in Hollywood, it was the greatest time on earth to be a screenwriter in that studios were developing and developing and developing. And there were like, say 10 executives at a studio, mm-hmm. each executive probably had 20, 25 projects that they were developing and you could go to studios and pitch a really good idea, and they would buy it and develop it with you. Um, you would lock horns with people, but you know everyone did want to do. Everyone wanted to do good work, and the most important thing was they. Hollywood was like uh, ravenous for the original idea, mm-hmm. the original screenplay. So I landed here right at exactly the right time in terms of. I had a head full of ideas. Hey, let's do a movie about this. Hey, let's do a movie about that. Well, today, uh, an original screenplay is kryptonite, okay? They don't care. It's got to be based on a thing that was once another thing that was originally one thing based on a movie that was based on a short story that was based on an idea that was <laughs> that just, it just you know, that was once a comic book that was once a thing that yeah. a guy heard on the corner. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And An original screenplay, they're like, huh? You know, <laughs> yeah, I've I don't know like- how to sell that. I don't know how to sell that. I don't know how to sell them. Like, it's a great idea.
4: <laughs> yeah, I've heard like best case scenario, it gets you a job writing one of those things you're talking about. Yes. That's kind of what it is more now.
2: Yes, people can see that you can write, hopefully. Yeah. But I uh, I mean, you could never get Midnight Run made today or even Bad Boys. I mean, I wrote a cop comedy with a, a, a partner a couple of years ago. That was a really funny script, you know, and everyone that read it said, this thing's a riot, they're never gonna make it. And it's really kind of sad, you know, because yeah. I think there's a tremendous appetite still for that stuff. I mean, does mm-hmm. yeah. anybody, do you meet anybody in the street that says, boy, the movies sucked 20 years ago? They're so much better today? No. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, they might be highly successful, which is obviously why people make them, I suppose, you know, the financiers. But I don't know, like the superhero stuff, I mean, I watched 10 minutes of it and I like, I mean, I've had enough. I mean, yeah. okay, he's flying from here to there. And, oh, well, let me guess, he's going to kick his ass. And <laughs> You know, like, oh, shit, the explosion. Did he survive? Of course. He's a superhero. It's like, you know, I, 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 you know for me, it's, like, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, to me, it's like, I don't want to be hated, but it's like movies for, like, buffoons to me. It's like, what mm-hmm. happened to cinema? Right. You know, what about like the idea of going to the movies and seeing cinema and going getting transported to a place you've never been before, you know? Mm-hmm. Be it an American film, a foreign movie. I used to love uh I mean I remember the first time I saw Four Hundred Blows, the transf mm-hmm. Franco- mm-hmm. Francois Truffaut movie. Mm-hmm. I was like knocked on my ass. I was like, Man, oh man, what a great movie that reminded you of being a child in the way that movie did and and that sort of uh you know being, a, you know, a troubled kid. I and mean, I, yeah. I, where is all that stuff? You know, I, I don't, yes, there's some good independent movies getting made, but man, you got to scratch and put up your house to make them. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I always say this. You know, the B movie of, of the fifties is now the A movie of today. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah. the the creature running around the spaceship eating all the astronauts. That was the B movie, the C movie. You know, that was the Roger Corman movie. Yeah. Now that's the two hundred million dollar movie. You wanna make a movie about well, it's about a you know, about a, a vet coming home from the war and a, yeah, you gotta put your house up to make that one.
1: Mm-hmm. You
4: know? Yeah. Yeah, they don't and they don't make like the um... Uh, somebody was saying this. I was reading somewhere. They're talking about how they don't make like the forty million dollar movie anymore. Like it's no. like you're. It's either two hundred million or it's less or it's a million. Right. Yeah. It's it's one or the other. They don't make like the. You know, we don't get like. I mean, this is this is a random thing to say, but something like uh, like in the '90s, we got stuff like Malice and uh, you know and Jennifer real eight. Movies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jennifer eight. Yeah, yeah. A perfect example. They're not yeah. making those anymore. No, and it's funny you mentioned Jennifer eight. What an obscure but. <laughs> That's a beautifully shot movie. Have you
4: seen it recently? Uh yeah, well, in the last like five years, yes.
2: Yeah. I watched it a couple of months ago and I, I just was knocked out at how beautifully it was shot.
4: There just was a gorgeous looking movie. There was mm-hmm. this weird I didn't know this till later because I didn't really know what a Giallo was until I was in my twenties, but there is that weird I don't know period. what it is now and I'm
2: 65.
4: But well, like the like the Italian films like Dario Argento and oh, uh, Mario oh, okay. Bava. I've never weird... heard of you. Mario Bava. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. There's this weird trend in the early 90s. They made all those American like erotic thrillers and stuff were very reminiscent of the italian okay. horror films if
2: we're going to start talking about italian <laughs> horror movies you remember cal tiki the immortal monster
4: i've never <sighs> seen it i know you no, you're talking about. seen that either
2: man i had nightmares when i was a kid i saw it <laughs> recently i couldn't stop laughing i can't believe yeah you know but it was some weird blob that would like if it got on you it yeah. hit all your flesh and it, then it got on this guy's face and it ripped part of his face off you know there's some really truly gruesome horrible things in that movie still I, I was uh, wow. I don't know quite how they did it I mean I'm pretty good at figuring stuff out now you know but I mean I was looking at how did they do that blob it was not stop action it was some sort of thing I can't believe we're supposed to be talking about Vanquish <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to get a sidetrack Mario Bava you started it let's talk about Ed Wood while we're at it yeah we could why not Ed Wood why not
1: um I, I will. I will turn it back to Vanquish though. Um, oh I, I, no! Don't please. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, uh, I. I. You know. We. We talked a little bit about uh, Morgan Freeman and Ruby Rose and everything. But what was your casting like on this movie? How, how did you come to to find some of the actors? Patrick Muldoon, who I I, I hadn't seen in a while. No. Um, you know,
2: I'll tell you. I. will tell you how I make movies. I and, and I did a movie just before this called The Comeback Trail, which is supposed to come out in June. Do You guys know about this movie.
4: I, I, I mean, I saw it listed on your uh, resume, obviously. Yeah, it's had, coming out yeah. in June. It's been held up now for like a year because
2: of COVID. It was supposed mm-hmm. to come out in theaters in November, then they kept changing it. I, I Look, again, because I've been doing this forever, I know a lot of people. So I cast a lot of uh, Vanquish the same way I cast Comeback Trail. I, I, I had this script for Comeback Trail, I'll give you for instance, and it is a throwback to the kind of movies that we were talking about that don't get made. And if you know anything about the movie, Robert De Niro plays a complete bottom feeding, horrible human being. Uh, 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 Of course he's a movie producer Uh, (laughs) from the 1970s, making like these Mario Bava kind of movies. Okay. And he cannot make a decent movie. And he's so heavily in debt to Morgan Freeman who, place his financier who was really like a mob guy he he says look the only way i can get out from under is i'm he comes up with this scheme where they're going to heavily insure an actor and try to kill him in a stunt to collect the insurance money so they put together this fake movie they go to the old actors home they find tommy lee jones who was a suicidal ex-western star who hasn't worked in 40 years when they find him in the room he's got a gun in his mouth they're like oh he's perfect he wants to die Mm -hmm. so they cook up this insurance scheme to kill him but then they can't kill him because he starts surviving every horrible stunt they put him through so wow yeah so but i wrote the script i couldn't give it away and i was like god damn it you know i just how i mean people did you read it yeah was it funny oh it's hysterical do you want to make it No, no i don't want nobody's gonna make this so i was like all right damn it i'm gonna do it myself so i called up de niro who's my buddy from Mm -hmm. midnight run i said look bob i know uh this is not how things are done. We go through the agent. But would you please take a look at this script? He said, yeah, sure. He mm-hmm. called me back two days later. He goes, this is hysterical. I said, thank hey, <laughs> you. Do you, you want to make it? And he goes, yeah, sure. You want to direct that? I was like, yeah. But boom. Suddenly that, that, that's how that happened. Then I called Morgan because I knew him. And uh, De Niro knew Tommy Lee Jones very well. So that's how that movie came together. To answer your question on Vanquish, I just picked up the phone. Mm-hmm. I called Morgan. And uh I said, "Look, I got this really interesting script. Uh, You want to take a look at it?" And he read it, and he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." So then, once I had Morgan, then you know, financing became easy, and then you know, a a few people were suggested. I met with Ruby, and I fell in love with her right away. Mm -hmm. And then you say Patrick Muldoon. Patrick Muldoon is is uh, he's a buddy of 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 my wife, and Patrick Muldoon was also an exec producer on comeback trail. Oh really? Yeah. And that's how I met Patrick. And right away we became friends and he, he's just a hoot. He, <laughs> he's a great guy. He's funny as hell. He gets the drill. You know, he gets the joke. Don't take it too seriously. You know.
4: Yeah. It's just a he, movie. He will always be the man that broke up Kelly Kapowski and Zach Morris, uh, yes. on say by the bell. In my yep. life. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, yes.
2: He has to live that for the rest of his days. <laughs> Plus he's the guy that gets his head, his brain sucked out by that freaking bug in hell. Um, yeah.
1: Starship troopers. Starship troopers yeah, and,
2: yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. and I have to tell you now that I know him so well, and he's really my friend. Like I talked to him like every other day, I can't watch that scene anymore. I used to be hysterical, but I'm like, ah, that's my friend He's getting his brain sucked out. I don't know if I want to watch <laughs> that, you know? So.
3: You it's said crazy you- though.
4: You've got a movie coming out with Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones and Robert De Niro. That yeah. I and mean, that should be even in 2021. That should be a wide release. Like that it should is. Be- it Yeah, is. it's
2: going to be a wide oh, release. Oh, great, yeah, great. Yeah, third week of June. Yeah, I think it's mm. like 2,000 screens, something like. Oh, oh awesome! I don't mean, yeah, yeah and if it does well, they're going to expand. So and we should
4: actually be back in theaters by then. So that'll I be great. I hope so. Tell yeah. your
2: friends the comeback mm.
1: trail.
4: Awesome. Um,
2: it's a complete it's just utter silliness for like a hundred minutes. It really, ah, I, I love that type yeah. of stuff, man. I can't yeah, yeah, wait I, to see it. Yeah, I do too. And I think it's like, especially needed now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's stuff in there. Like there's like three Snooges jokes. Like there's a horse that goes batshit crazy. Every time and there's the word rhubarb, it just starts <laughs> going nuts. I mean, there's really <laughs> stupid shit in there. You know, yeah. but I'm like, I, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I think like sometimes like, you know, Maybe, you know, I could have been an Academy Award winning filmmaker, but I just find farts too funny. It's
1: right, like, right.
2: I can't help it. Farting is funny. you know. I, so, <laughs> there goes
1: my Oscar. You
2: know? Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, you should have got a you should have got a best screenplay from the night run. I don't you know, I heard I,
2: I heard I missed the nomination by a few votes. So oh, somebody, my God. Somebody oh, really? the
4: inside told me. Yeah. oh wow what even won that i guess i guess rain man maybe rain man won yeah and
2: I, I i knew barry Morrow very well i say you stole my oscar <laughs> <laughs> um
1: you you said you said that you learned something new on each movie that you make uh, what was what was some things you learned making vanquish and making comeback trail
2: well you know the more i you, it's funny there's a lot of things that it's very funny when you write a screenplay You have a tendency, and I I write pretty streamlined scripts, but there's still that tendency to over-explain things, you know, because Mm. you're describing things that you can very easily get in one shot. Yeah. And when you start to shoot the script, you start to realize why was this such a terrific script, and why is this movie so slow? Mm -hmm. You know, what what is what's what's not right. And it always comes back to that the audience is getting way ahead of your movie. It's like I understand he's broke. I saw his house. Yeah, you know, I saw right. the outside of it. I knew he was poor. You know, why right. You tell him he's poor. He's poor. He's poor. Right. You know? um, so, you and because as a writer, if you're also the director, you have to wear two hats a lot, and you get very married to things because you you put a lot of time into them. Mm-hmm and you think they're highly important and then you have to listen to somebody yep as much as it's like the most painful thing in the world to hear you have to listen to when somebody comes along and says george nobody gives a shit you mm-hmm. know that you spent a month on that nobody fucking cares you know right. so you got to listen you're like hey uh, you, you know <laughs> but you have to listen and there there was stuff in you know, every time you write something, you go, "No, I need that," and then mm. you're like, "No, I don't need that." So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So, I but you learn that on every movie. Uh, on on Vanquish, you know, I, the reason I wanted to do Vanquish so much because a lot of the, as you may have put together, I'm quite the verbose person. <laughs> uh, so, I a lot of the movies I've made were dialogue driven. Like Comeback Trail is very dialogue driven. There's definitely stunts in it and antics but most of the jokes are set up by dialogue you know mm-hmm. with Vanquished, there's a lot of silences in the movie you know yeah. you get out of a car you creep down an alley you walk through some big warehouse nothing there's no dialogue for like three four minutes i wasn't used to doing that but i wanted to try it because i'll tell you what movie i watched this is a terrific terrific movie i watched recently i forgot how good it was thunderbolt and lightfoot you remember oh that yeah movie? yeah oh, you yeah
4: Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. yeah
2: and and michael cimino i think that was mm-hmm. the first movie he directed mm-hmm. man that movie played silence is great you know yeah. it starts out with that church and the mm-hmm. wind is blowing and you're looking through the grass and you hear the barely hear the sound of the preacher coming from inside mm-hmm. and then a car pulls up and you hear the tires on the gravel i mean it really yeah. really built beautifully and i was like Oh man, I'd love to. Maybe I saw that a a year ago, and I was like, I'd love to experiment with filmmaking that way. Yeah. But anyway, I got a chance to to kind of do it a little bit with this. Telling stories with just images.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that was one thing. I mean, this is that was one thing I liked about this. Is I don't know if this entirely relates, but one thing about this movie that I liked was, you know.
2: Wait, you like just one
1: thing? Just no, one thing, just no, I'm one thing. With you yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, there's a, there's a, there's a point where you see Morgan Freeman's house in this movie, and you're I love like, that house,
4: by the way, yeah, the house yeah, is so awesome. So did I? <laughs>
1: um, and I'll you, tell you
2: a story about that, but go ahead, yeah, okay, great, yeah, good.
1: Um, the uh, but you you see that house, and it's and it's like, God, does anybody ever learn any lessons in these movies? Cops cannot afford these houses, and Then, like five minutes later, he's telling Ruby Rose, Do you really think that I could afford this house with a cop?
2: Oh, yeah, by being a straight cop? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Without being a criminal. Right. Uh, Well, I'm glad you caught that because actually, that was not in the original script. I put Mm. that in the script because there's no way this guy could live in this place. Right. He he was obviously a criminal, but this is where he's really doing well as a criminal. I, I I'll tell you how that came about, because originally the way it was really lived in an old kind of gothic, you know, kind of a stone house,
3: mm-hmm.
2: kind of a place that felt damp, you know, inside mm-hmm. and uh, closed curtains and that kind of vibe. And so Joe Lemon, the production designer, said he called me up because he because goes, he goes, you're really going to hate me. I said, "What? I've done, I've done a lot of movies with Joe, you know Mm -hmm. because you're really going to hate me because I found a really bitchin' house. He said, but it's not at all (laughs) like what you have in the script. And it's owned by one of the wealthiest guys in Mississippi, and he's not in town, and the place is gigantic. It's three stories high. It's all made out of glass. So right away, I thought to myself, oh, shit, the whole movie takes place at night. Mm -hmm. The only saving grace was that I could shoot maybe interiors during the day and black out the windows because I hate working nights. Yeah. But, but he goes, so I know you're going to hate me because you're going to have to shoot nights because it's all glass. We can't tent this place, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: and it's not at all what you wrote. So I says, all right, I'll, I'll take a look. I'm always open. to And mm-hmm. I took a look at it and there was that enormous dome and mm-hmm. gigantic windows. And I'm like, this place is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, so I said, yeah, we we got to shoot here. If the guy really wants to let us shoot here. you know. So, yeah, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So, and then we added that line that that you caught because i said uh, <laughs> I was, we have we have to make reference to this place because this is nuts yeah you
1: know, i was so good. happy that it was addressed i okay, can't explain good. it i can't yeah, explain it's a, it like because
2: top living in xanadu it's like we're so ridiculous right?
1: exactly i mean we i've seen i mean and obviously like most most cop movies don't show them living in places that extravagant but i've seen movies where people are just cops and they're supposedly honest cops who are living in uh, well beyond their means uh, well, in, yeah i mean how about, house apartments uh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, yeah look at the original the, the, the superman that did the um the richard donner superman how low yeah is yeah Lois Lane lives in yeah. a penthouse. She's a sub reporter. Yeah. You know, I mean, she'd be living in a closet. You know, yeah. she wouldn't even be living in Manhattan. She'd be on in, in Brooklyn somewhere. You know,
4: I'll tell you. Whenever I see a house like that in a, in an action movie, though, I always heard that story that Shane Black and the *Elite* the Weapons* script wrote something like, "It looks like a house that I would buy if this movie makes money." Uh, it's very
2: funny. Yeah, oh, Shane Black, yeah, you know, he's famous for writing those things in scripts. You know, he wrote a love scene that said, "I would describe it, but my mother and father read my screenplay." <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Do you um, shot you shot that in Mississippi, though? Is that what you yes. said? God, we've had it's late, a plus, popular place like Like three out of the last four directors we've interviewed have shot their movies in Mississippi, it seems like. Well, they like. have a phenomenal
2: tax credit. It's 35%. That's awesome. So every time you spend a dollar, you're getting back 35 cents. That's hard to turn down. Plus, Morgan Freeman lives in Mississippi.
1: Oh, yeah. So, oh, you know, that's nice.
2: Yeah. So Morgan was like, I'll do your movie. But I'll definitely do your movie if I can roll out of bed and go to the set. So that's,
4: you know, that's. <laughs> Did it. you? We talked to a guy from Ireland that said it was one of the most cinematic places he's ever been. I was like Mississippi. I was like
2: okay. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, it's very interesting. You said that too because, you know, like, you know, I I didn't until like the last four or five years. I didn't know that much about you know the South, mm-hmm. other than I drove through it a few times, but you know, like whatever my visions of the South were, they were definitely like derived from ridiculous movies I've seen. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what I thought it was going to look like, but, you know, I went to Birmingham, Alabama. I did, I did a phone call bigger and I shot the whole thing in Birmingham where I doubled New York city, New Jersey. I mean, I, I could, and a lot of it looks like upstate New York. It's like Hmm. rolling hills and streams and lots of trees I th- I thought everything was going to look like um, it's ridiculous. I admit my ignorance, but I thought everything was going to look like um, what's the Walter Hill movie, oh, Southern Comfort? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Where they're in the swamp. I thought that was the South. You know, mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's you know, parts of
4: it. It's definitely it is parts of yeah, it. Yeah. We're in we're we're in Nashville, so we're 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 in the heart of the South. But uh, you're been in to Mississippi quite a few. Yeah, yeah.
2: Nashville was – I, I got to tell you, a lot of the South is gorgeous. I said to my wife, "Let's move here," you know. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's so nice and you know i'm not i you know i've been living in la for 37 years but i've never fully adopted to the place you know in a way adapted adapted to the place and 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 my wife is from orange county so i don't know i just i i like quiet and you know I don't know. I'd love to sit on my lawn and see a gator walk by. I think that'd be just <laughs> great, man. I, I mean it. You know. I noticed there's a lot of three-legged dogs though running around. I guess did you <laughs> notice that you, you, in Nashville? Uh, in, uh, yeah, in the south, I saw a couple three-legged dogs. And
4: oh yeah. I don't know if you see as many in the city, but yeah, on the outskirts, yeah. Oh you yeah, I see. yeah,
1: yeah. Um. I, we we don't have much. Um, uh, no, longer.
2: let's do this for another hour. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. I, I know we can talk <laughs> about this, this. Is to me, except to, for you two.
1: <laughs> this is um, lovely. Uh, I was just wondering what your hardest day on set was. Uh, what on this to, movie, yeah.
2: You have a southern accent. Are you from Nashville?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm originally from. I think. Yeah, yeah
2: Jonathan,
4: too. you are too. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So, you guys. Um,
2: I tell you, I tell you, what's pretty is. Um, oh, what's that big park I went to with uh, Julie?
4: smoky Centennial? mountain national
2: park oh oh Smokey oh,
4: smoky mountain yeah man, if i
2: could mm. die i could <laughs> live there boy that was yeah
4: we're crazy. like we're three or four hours from from that Man, that so. is
2: just stunning
4: yeah That's i stunning. uh
2: because i'm a painter too you know you know that was a long, I,
1: I i i ran across that uh yeah, I, I, I did not know that, that before, this. before this
2: yeah i could get lost in that place. i bet mm-hmm. what was my hardest day on you, on vanquish
1: yeah what was your hardest day
2: I don't know. I I, I don't. Uh, they were all. It was it was all nights. So that that's always like challenging. Um, I don't know what was the hardest night, Julie. I, what was I complaining about the most? Patrick Muldoon. That paid in the ass. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No. no he here's he, yeah. He just give great. us the straight dope about Patrick Muldoon. That's what Patrick we came here Muldoon, for. A
2: horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's and he, Patrick is great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they were all pretty. They were all pretty grueling. I mean, I get. We I, I, if you want to hear uh, movie trivia. Yeah. Um, we 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 shot during the height of COVID, so you know I'm dressed up like a beekeeper. You know, directing the movie. I got, <laughs> I got like, the plastic thing and the mask and the gloves and the little things on my feet, and I'm. <laughs> I'm running around trying to talk to actors going, <laughs> you know. and, and, uh, but we, somebody tested positive for COVID while we were shooting. Oh, no. mm-hmm. So we had to shut down. It ended up being a false positive, mm-hmm. but that we lost a couple days there. And then we got uh, a hurricane hit while we, we had about five days left and they said it was, we were directly in the path of it. And of course it missed by 200 miles, but they said, if you look at the the thing, beep, 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 you know, it was going right to Biloxi. Mm-hmm. So we had to pack up and leave. We, everybody evacuated. And uh, I went to Birmingham to visit my, my friend, Chris Mullinex, who's one of the actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. So he lives in Birmingham. So we stayed with his family. And then of course, I think the thing went to Louisiana and then we came back and finished the movie. So that part of it was difficult in that, you know, you try to get some kind of momentum making a movie, and then if you have to keep stopping and stopping and stopping, you get back to set, like, you know, six days later, and you're mm-hmm. like, what was I talking about? What were we doing? Or, you know, yeah. And then the script supervisor goes, ah, you said blah, 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 and you were here, and you were there, and you go, yeah, but why did we think that was a good idea six days ago, right. you know? So, and, and it's just a lot of stuff like that. You lose, you kind of lose your train of thought, but... I mean, I think the movie looks pretty fluid, considering we had to stop twice
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. that's a, that's another amazing thing is is like all three of the uh directors we've talked to who who were uh, working in Mississippi. Had to deal with either monsoons Or hurricanes or something like that It's almost like you all I don't know if this was happening all at the same time Or if it's just it a coincidence But like everybody, it's, it would be amazing If I could figure out the production Dates for all three of these movies And just f- and see if you were all shooting At the same time Well there was
2: another crew while we were shooting there Because we would see their trucks every once in a while And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I don't remember what movie that was But the, the, mm-hmm. yeah, but Mississippi Mississippi Mississippi's got a lot of production, like we we said earlier. Yeah. I mean, I love Mississippi, and the
4: mm-hmm.
2: the Gulf is just gorgeous. Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely, absolutely. The people are so nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they are so nice. You know, it's like it's. Look, I'm not putting down L.A. I came out here with no money, and and you know I, I did good. I mean, L.A. has been kind to me, so I'm not putting down Los Angeles. But it's just a, you know, it's funny. Like you could live next door to somebody for 20 years and not know what they look like.
3: You know,
2: yeah. I'm not I'm not used to that like in New York everybody mm-hmm. knew everybody you you knew who your neighbors were you know what honey oh yeah she, my wife said it's like living in the witness protection program it's like, <laughs> you know, you know. yeah yeah I'd like to say hi but I just can't Uh <laughs> Although I got to tell you, I did. Can I talk I'm totally digressing. I, yeah. definitely, met, I definitely met a guy that was in the witness, prote- witness protection program. <laughs> I, I, I was in, I was in the I forgot where we were, but we were nowhere. And this guy owned a pizzeria and he can and if there was ever a guy from New York, it was this guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, he was, Hey, can I get you anything? And I'm like, yeah, how about a slice of pizza? And, he, and I said, where are you from? And he went, Phoenix. And I went, Phoenix. <laughs> I've been to Phoenix. Nobody looks at talks like you from Phoenix. He goes, Yeah, well, that's where I'm from. And I was oh, like, no. All right, you're from Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm from Kansas. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs>
1: oh uh, man um yeah i could talk i could talk uh all the movies with you uh sure. especially since you have just uh you know the you you probably are almost encyclopedic in a way and uh and how many things you've seen oh yeah uh, i can
2: i can i can do movies i can i've got movies memorized oh yeah you ever seen the in-laws of peter falk and alan yeah. arkin I was in the bush for a total of nine months. Cell, I, shell, I saw things like Cacici flies the size of eagles. The natives had a name for them, Jose Grecos and Muertos, the flamenco dancers of death. What did you do? Do about the flies. Unfortunately, there was very little we could do because they were covered under the provisions of the Guacamole Act of 1913. Brown babies clutching their beaks. Beaks, flies <laughs> with beaks. It was a terrible side show. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I left the sh- I left the slides in a jacket that got Martinized. I'll tell you something, Shelly. Slides would have won me the Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> I, I know movies by heart. Yes, I, I do, uh, I I do screen- know my
4: movies. I had a screenplay writing teacher in college that was his favorite movie. It was the In Laws? Yep.
2: Possibly some of the. I mean, without a doubt, some of the most brilliant, nonstop dialogue. Uh, yeah, ju- I agree. And I'll tell you something. If I might di- digress for a moment, go for it. I watched it very carefully when I was doing Comeback Trail because uh, Arthur Hiller I knew really well, and uh, Arthur Hiller died I think last year. Great guy. Mm-hmm. And he did all he did the he directed The in-laws and he directed directed Silver Streak, and mm-hmm. he directed the original Out of Towners. And I really picked his brain when I knew him. I said, Arthur, I said, ah, you know, those movies are hysterical and they're so relaxed. And he said, that's the key because I never forced anything. I just let it go. I just let it play. I just let it play. It was already ridiculous. It was already absurd. <laughs> There's very little for yeah. me to do, except just let it play. And I tried to adapt, uh, 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 I tried to use that in comeback trail because the comeback trail is it, just completely absurd. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to have a lot of director fingerprints all over it. I just shot it very straight, like one of those movies. So hopefully it worked out.
1: It's interesting. You bring up silver streak because when I was rewatching midnight run, I felt like there was some elements of silver streak in that, in that movie.
2: Well, sure. We—I told you only. Uh, what is it? Only uh, amateurs borrow professional Sure, well, that's, I, that's I remember that quote said. too. <laughs> yeah, I—I—I I, I, uh, I could tell you. Um, there's a great movie called uh, "Lonely Are the Brave." Do you remember that movie where Kirk Douglas?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that one, no. Oh,
2: dude, you have to see it. It's—it's mm. it's definitely you. Definitely need Kleenex for the ending. Uh, mm. <laughs> if you're an animal lover, mm. but it is one of it. it when I, I met Kirk Douglas, not to name drop, but <laughs> I met Kirk Douglas at a restaurant and I walked up to him and I said, I just have to introduce myself. I'm a writer, blah, blah, blah. And I said, my favorite movie of yours is is Lonely Are the Brave. And he said, that's my favorite movie of all the films I've done.
1: Awesome. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, I'll definitely worked, do that. Yeah. It's a big chase movie through the mountains, basically the whole film or like two thirds of the movie. They're trying to chase him and stop him from getting to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the premise of the movie. And he's, uh, he's really of another time. He's like an 1880s cowboy stuck in 1960, in the 1960s. But he shoots down a helicopter by shooting out the tail uh, rotor. And that's thats where I got the idea for Midnight Run, where he shoots out the tail rotor. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's when I said to Waylon Green... I said, look, I borrowed a scene from that movie. He goes, first of all, nobody's seen that movie but you and Kirk (laughs) Douglas. He goes, and and number two, he goes, nobody gives a shit, you know? Right.
1: Um well uh, I think we're gonna have to end it unfortunately No,
2: no I'm a lonely man let's we'll do this forever
1: no, um, but uh, man uh, thank you so much for giving yeah. us your time uh, 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 hearing about all these all these uh, movies and we, we we don't get a chance to talk to someone who's got a d- distinguished career like you do so very often so uh, to be able to talk about like movies that you know from the we 80s that we grew up up on and everything is is amazing. Oh. So I, I'm so happy that we got oh. to talk about that's a, that's that. That's another
4: thing, kids today, man. They don't get the luxury of. I tell my daughter this all the time because I've seen Midnight Run and Wise Guys. I don't know how many times, and that's mainly because they were on HBO like constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, late '80s, early '90s. So you know, and I was preteen or whatever, and just
2: yeah, it's a sad thing. You know, I have to tell you, I don't, I don't have to wrap this up, but I'll make it quick. If you no, you're are good. a person that loves movies. If you're a person that wants to make movies, okay, to not know these films, you know, to not know Humphrey Bogart movies, to not know Mm -hmm. The Treasure of Sierra Madre, to not know The Maltese Falcon, Mm -hmm. you know, to not know these movies is really hurting yourself, you know. It's as somebody said to me years ago, not knowing something is okay, not caring that you don't know really is the crime.
3: Yeah.
2: You can't be an artist. if you don't know who Picasso is or who Monet is or who Jackson Pollock is or who John Constable is, you know, you, you mm-hmm. can't be a painter. If you don't know the people that came before you, you have mm-hmm. to know these things. And, and uh, you know, whenever I get jammed up on something, I lean back on what I know. I lean back. What's good storytelling? What you, then you don't get lost because what is it? You stand on the shoulders of giants of all the great <laughs> people that came before you. It's insane yeah. to, not,
4: to not know your craft.
2: Yeah. Anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
4: <laughs> hey, I do want to tell you uh, one yeah. quick story though. I don't you Good. might think less of me after no, i tell you No, that's it. I gotta go. No, I'm go, no, go ahead. Well, go. I just want to tell you going back to Trapped in Paradise. I I do not I'm not saying this because I feel manly or think I just for whatever reason I don't typically have like emotional reactions to movies. I don't cry a lot in movies. But when they left that horse in Trapped in Paradise, <laughs> <laughs> that really got me. You know, I remember, And the girl I was on the date with just looked at me like, seriously, this is what's making you cry. <laughs> oh, good for you, man. Uh, that's great.
2: That's good to know. I- I'll tell you the truth. Um, I felt bad doing it, too. I am a softie when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. You know, mm. like I, I am. I-, I can't. I can't. I am what I am. It's like in in uh, what's the movie they want to ban now? Uh, uh, every movie ever made. OK, now what's <laughs> the movie they want to ban? Um The one where she uh, breakfast at Tiffany's when she throws the cat out the door. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see that, I'm like, no, no. And then she picks it up in the rain and she holds it. Oh, yeah. Every time I see that, I start crying. That's why I tell you about Lonely Are the Brave. If you're an animal lover, you mm. with a horse, forget <laughs> it, forget it. You're, you're I know you eat.
4: said that, and I immediately thought of Trapped in Paradise. Like, oh, I got to tell him the story. Well, <laughs> well, the first the first time back to stealing from another movie, a horse <laughs> on the highway. You know,
1: well, I mean? the first time I had I I felt tremendous sadness watching a movie was the never-ending Story and watching oh, Atreus oh, horse, yeah, go into the swamps of sadness. So you know that was that was uh I you know I was not expecting that as a you know seven or eight year old at the time. But, but you know uh, what's
2: amazing about human beings i and it, it's 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 like you could kill a million people in the movie nobody gives a shit you harm one dog or a cat mm, and everyone's yeah. outraged and crying oh no not fine oh
4: yeah that, yeah yeah you can no, that's burn what my down a village says. and it's okay you know? my mom said don't kill a kid or an animal and i'm good yeah, yeah. you can destroy all adults within that <laughs> range you know things.
2: Yes. <laughs> the only movie that got killed animals and made it funny that i can remember was uh a uh, fish called Wanda. Yeah, oh yeah, killing those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By accident, that was
1: great. But even but even those are sad, especially when you see Michael Palin's reaction to oh, I them. I know. I
2: guess you're laughing at that part <laughs> because he was an animal lover, did he? Yeah. Oh god, that makes me want to watch that movie now. That
1: yeah. So good. And then of course at the very end, after the if he finally gets the woman with you know and everything, he sees finally like laughs in front of yeah. all those people and everything. It's so brilliant. Oh, yeah. that was
4: '88 too. That's just that's a hell of a year for comedy. That. Got mm nominated yeah and i yeah.
2: didn't yeah <laughs> yeah I, know. I, think I think klein won didn't he klein did you win yeah. yes the movie got nominated for best
1: screenplay too okay. okay uh the the movie is vanquish uh we'd like to thank george gallo again yes. for for coming on this was a this was amazing uh the movie comes out in theaters april 16th digital demand april 20th and blu-ray on april 27th uh thank you so much for talking to us thank, today. thank
2: you so much and guys let's do one for comeback trail okay yeah, uh, absolutely, i man. definitely
1: want to do that for sure All right. yeah you got it um uh that's going to do it for this interview it's chris atkins and jonathan watkins we'll see you next time
2: thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com.